Well, thank you so much, and good evening, everyone. This is uh, our Talking Points live Sabbath school training here in Loma Linda, California, balmy Loma Linda, California. We're certainly enjoying that. Um, and tonight, we, we're actually going to, I heard mention of the upcoming day. Tomorrow, actually, we've been doing each night at 7 p.m., but tomorrow we have four different, if I'm not mistaken, presentations of the day. We have uh, Sabbath school in the morning time at 9 a.m., followed by continued uh, expansion of our Sabbath school training at 10, uh, 10 a.m. Then there's the afternoon, which I, I should have the schedule right in front of me. I believe it's 3 p.m. And anyway, it's a full days of events, and we're going to have Q&A, we're going to have training time, we're going to have preaching and Sabbath school lesson covered. There's just a lot of stuff. You don't want to miss it. So join us live and in person tomorrow morning at regular Advent Hope time and place, uh, but we're going to continue our Sabbath school training then. Yes. This evening, however, Brother Mark... Yes. We have a fun feature to introduce tonight's discussion. It's a special feature. Uh, it's a quiz. It's, it's particularly suited for the um, for the scholars, right? These are This is an academic place. They, they're in classes. They like to have tests and exams well, and quizzes, right? It's not really that complicated of a quiz. No, we've set the bar up too high. Yeah, it's okay. not even as straightforward. But it is a quiz, and I'm excited to get into the quiz right. tonight. It's going to launch us into our topic. We need to pray first. We do. I, in okay. fact, I was fidgeting around there because what I was trying to do is you were commenting about the balmy. Yes. And somebody had sent me a picture of back in Michigan, and I was trying to get it over to Ryan to maybe uh, post the, the it. Oh, because um, It would yeah, just discourage them. They don't want to see <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They may be like, you know, hey, that'd be... Of course, here, you want snow, you just drive up into the mountains. You can look at it from in your In Michigan, cozy. you just got it whether you like it or not. But anyway... Okay. We Let's have prayer. Yeah. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we are thankful, especially for the hours of the Sabbath. And Lord, as we are um, having this time together this evening to reflect upon your will and your word, we pray your Holy Spirit would guide us, not just this evening, Lord, but throughout the entire Sabbath day. We pray that it would be, um, I don't want to say that it would be the means, you've designed it to be the means of drawing us closer to yourself. I just pray that you would help us to experience what it is you've intended for us in the Sabbath hours. Uh, bless us to this end, for we ask and pray it in the name of Jesus and for his sake. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> now, this is not a complicated quiz. In fact, you, you'll catch on after the first question. It's a three-question quiz. It's pretty simple. And here's question number one. What kind of bird doesn't fly? And I thought about this, Cameron, and I was thinking, you know, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's an ornithologist out there who's like, well, technically, it's, it's not emu. a technical, <laughs> yeah. it's not a technical answer. So I'm going to give you the first answer, and it'll help you into the next one. What kind of bird doesn't fly? A jailbird. That's what kind of bird doesn't fly. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay, now you have that one. The next question, question number two, is what kind of dog doesn't bark? If you said a hot dog, you're right. Okay. So in that in that now here's the one this here's the one here's the one that I really want you to to uh, focus in on. What kind of teacher doesn't teach? Mm. An adult Sabbath school teacher. Mercy. All right. Mercy. Now maybe we should. Where's the put it? Okay. Oh, now it's a. Ooh, that's a tough one. Tonight we're talking about how to teach Sabbath school effectively and the... Well, maybe if people were just joining us, they should know, remind where we've come from. The first night we just talked about... That? We just talked about talking points at all, like our ministry in the Sabbath school department, why Michigan Conference even has the Sabbath school and personal ministries department the way that it does and how we came to be part of it. And then we looked uh, last evening at how to prepare for a Sabbath school lesson, right. you know, how to study ahead of time, how whether you're just a member of the class or especially if you're the teacher of the class, how to study and get the most out of the lesson, and which of course the ultimate lesson is the Bible itself and how to really prepare for the study. But now tonight we're transitioning to the in the class live realm. What do you do in the room on the day, especially if you're That's a right. teacher? So we're taking a lot of what we talked about last night in lesson preparation and Preparing the lesson is not nearly the same as teaching it. And this is That's where right. the rubber meets the road. That's right. Not just for the teachers, but for the students. And we just, um, you'll see what I mean as we go on. I'd like you, if you're following along with us, to turn in your Bibles to Ecclesiastes 5. Now, I'm going to read a passage here, and I'm going to tell you that the first time I read this, I don't want to say the first time I ever read it, 
but I read this a few years back, and when I read it, the first, it doesn't say Sabbath school in here, but the very first thing that came to my mind was, this is adult Sabbath school. And you'll see what I mean in just a minute. Okay. Ecclesiastes 5, starting in verse 1, the Bible says, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God, mm -hmm. and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. So right off, let's just get clear the setting. The wise man is telling us that we need to walk prudently when we go to the house of God. We would say to church. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we go to church, I want you to notice what the scripture says here. There's a purpose for going to church. What does he tell us right there in verse 1 that the purpose is? Draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. Okay, so now there's a contrast being drawn here. Um, the sacrifice of fools is going to take us a few verses there. But I want you to notice the thing that he says we are coming to the house of God and drawing near for is to hear. We're going there to hear. We're going there to learn. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, verse 2. He says, do not be rash with your mouth and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God. Mm. You know, just don't be spouting off stuff mm -hmm. that you haven't given a lot of thought to. Hasty speech. <clears throat> For God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes through much activity and a fool's voice is known by his many words. Mm. Now, it doesn't take a lot as you process through that to realize that when Solomon says the sacrifice of fools in verse 1, he's talking about doing a lot of talking instead of doing a lot of listening. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he's saying. He said, when you come to the house of the Lord, you're not going there to do a lot of talking. You're going there to learn and to listen. And, and when I've read this, as I said, a few years ago, it hit me as I went through this passage. Like, this is Sabbath school class in so many places. And we're going we're gonna to develop this as we, maybe we should just explain that a little bit. One of the things we've been doing in our training recently is what we call putting the school back in Sabbath school. Mm -hmm. So you were going to say? Well, no, I was going to comment on this passage, but keep going where you're going because we're going to come back around to this. These are tied together. Yeah, so, yeah. so what's happened in recent years, and I don't want recent, I want to say 20 years. Probably. Uh, we were at a Sabbath school convention yep. uh, for the North American Division, and one of the gentlemen there, had, had he was retired from the General Conference, had been involved in Sabbath school for years. Decades, yeah. And, and decades. And in the class, they were talking, you know, giving tips for teaching, and they kept waffling between the term teacher and facilitator. In fact, teacher was kind of seen, like, people would almost apologize. They would say, like, you know, the Sabbath school teacher, I mean, uh, uh, facilitator, or moderator, or, or immediate, you know, facilitator. They didn't know yeah. what to call it, but they wanted to make sure not to call it a teacher. Like, your teacher had become a byword. But, 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 but yeah, teacher kept coming up in there, yeah. and, and of course, that grabbed my attention right off, because it's something that I've become aware of also as I go around to Sabbath schools more and more and more and more. I'm hearing teachers get up and one of the first things they say is, now don't call me a teacher, I'm just here as a facilitator. Yeah. And understand the difference. A facilitator is somebody who just basically referees yeah. discussion. A parliamentarian, basically, make sure and, that everyone goes in order and everyone's right. represented, but they don't actually... A moderator. Own, exactly, they're just kind of like refereeing, like you said, this, the game. And, and so what has happened is, and the reality for this is that I believe many... Listen, we've already talked about Sabbath schools are being poorly attended. Mm. Uh, people say, I'm not getting a lot out of, ha out of Sabbath school. And many have assumed that the way to make Sabbath school more interesting is and less boring mm -hmm. is to adopt a more discussion, less instruction model. Yes. And there are some people who absolutely love that, and we're going to talk about that as we go. Well, it was interesting, speaking back to the same you know, yeah. event that you were talking about, it, it seemed it was an unspoken expectation that the best Sabbath school is the one where the most discussion happens. Yes. So, like, if you can get everybody talking, if you can get everybody, you know, and, and it seems so good to say that we want everyone engaged, we want a dynamic, lively, yes. talkative Sabbath school, that more talk is a better class. And, and, and there's an ex, there's a way and there's a sense in which that's valid. You but, want to have interaction. We're going to yeah, talk about that. Exactly. So anyway, in this particular situation, I asked, I raised my hand. I said, I asked the, the man teaching the class. I said, please clarify it for me. Is it a teacher or is it a facilitator? What, you know, you keep throwing the terms around. You're going back and forth. You, 
And he said with a little bit of frustration, not at me, but he said, you know, he said, here's the thing. Years ago, we had a problem with, and I don't know if he called it this, but I've heard it called this before, the Sabbath school class is the sermon before the sermon. Mm-hmm. Where the person, the teacher just gets up and monologues through whatever his topic is. There's no interaction. There's no discussion. And he said, we wanted to get away from that. And so we began to use the term facilitate. And the idea was, we want you to not do all the talking, but engage people. Well, he says, now what's happened is we've swung the other way. So now many of our classes are all discussion and there's no teaching going on. Mm. And... I know from my experience as a pastor, as a Sabbath school teacher in churches I've taught, in going to other churches, that what often happens in these discussion classes, and I've had people say, hey, the only way to make Sabbath school interesting is you can't do it, you can't sit in pews. You have to sit in a circle, Mm -hmm. and you can all have your... What ends up often happening is you, you, you have the teacher who basically relinquishes his role or her role as teacher to two people in the class who are more than willing to do all the talking, who the church specifically and carefully did not nominate as teacher because they didn't want them running the class, and now they're running the class from the pew because the teacher has stepped back from his responsibility. Now that's just as plain as I can be with that. Well, and, and you can combine that with the issue that, you know, you don't want to say that anything, everybody's, anybody's ever wrong. So any comment that comes up, I don't know how many of you have ever sat in a Sabbath school class, but different comments will come up and people will have an open-ended, and we'll get to these types of questions in a minute, but like an open-ended question. So what did you think about this? Or what hit you for this weekend? And then people will just start going around and they'll start listening. I thought this and I thought that. And what you'll notice is some of those aren't just, um, you know, different, unique perspectives. They're actually contradictory. Yes. But everybody will like, oh, that was good. Yes, yes, yes. The next person. Yes, yes, yes. And if you're not a visitor, everybody, well, not you, not everybody. Moderator. Right. In other words, their job is to affirm and anything that comes out. That's so good. When the reality is sometimes not good because these people didn't study their Sabbath school lesson. Well, it's not even that sometimes it's not so good. Sometimes it's just plain wrong. Yes. And you get these opinions that are thrown out in a Sabbath school class, and people leave Sabbath school more confused when they got there. Mercy. Whereas the goal is, and it's the only thing, you know, I was thinking about this, and the the whole idea, again, back to Solomon's point, go near to hear rather than to give the sacrifice of fools. I don't know where it came from that the only way I get something out of church is being able to give my input and my opinion. Mercy. Like, is there something wrong with learning something? (laughs) And what other, it's the only institution of learning, if you will. Where that's the case. Now, again, I'm not talking about no interaction right. and no discussion. But, and maybe things have changed. I, I don't know. But when I was in college, you didn't go to teach. You went to learn. You sat in a lecture hall. You said, not that there was never any discussion. But the point is, and so I don't know if today, if the, if the college professors get up and say, listen, I really don't have anything to say much. I'm kind of going to moderate and just ask you guys what you think. I don't... Are they do? Is that how it goes now? I know there's some free school, some new idea of college, whatever does that. But what institution does that except for adult Sabbath school? I actually had a teacher in college do that very thing. And my first thought was, well, then I want my money back, right? Because we could have done this to just a local park or something. Right? I want somebody who knows something and prepared to teach me. And going back to the passage you talked about there, notice it does the, the idea is not come in abject silence and do not speak. Right. But notice it's just, be careful. Take a little time. Think it through. Say fewer things than okay. more things. Right? So let's go down that road a little bit. Okay. I fear that one of the reasons that adult Sabbath school teachers do that very moderator thing, if truth be told, let's, let's tell the is truth. that they did... <laughs> <laughs> a good idea. Let's start there. Is that they did not study the lesson. Mm. And so they don't have anything to say. And so you get up Sabbath morning like, I really didn't have time to prepare, but I know what I can do. Open the I floor can, to conversation. You know, now, now think about this. You take the story of the woman at Jacob's well, the Samaritan woman, mm-hmm. right? And when Jesus begins pressing, convicting questions yes. to her, she says, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. You know, and, and then she goes into a point of controversy our fathers say this, but you Jews say this. Who's right? Right. Now, it's one of those types of topics that anywhere else, if it had been brought up, 
it would have started this firestorm of debate yeah. and she would have been able to excuse herself out of the discussion. Right. And and so the her whole point was let's just interject something here and then he'll never get back to my issues. Mm. Well, Jesus didn't fall for it, you right. know, the way he, he he tells her, you know, listen, it's not in, in this mm. mountain or in Jerusalem, but those who worship are going to worship in spirit, truth, etc. Right. Well, a teacher can do the same thing in a Sabbath school. Like, I didn't study the lesson, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask hot-button questions, and all I need to do is ask a couple, and the class is going to go wild, so and then I can go... I got 20 minutes right there. Right. Yeah, just break it up. So... I'm not saying that always happens, but I'm afraid that that is one of the reasons for a lot of discussion. And another of the, it wouldn't be so bad. So are you saying it's possible that you could have Sabbath school members come to the class having not studied the lesson, yet feeling free to give their input? Well, that was the next part. Okay, now, I was but the teacher I was then too. What I'm saying is the teacher, is it possible you could have teacher and students come to the yes. same place and have equal parts not studied and we have plenty of conversation. So I'm talking about the teacher. Okay, let's talk about the teacher. And, and no, no, no. I just want to clarify that what I've said so far is, and, and this is not across the board, but I know that there are teachers that, for whatever reason, and I'm not trying to fault the teachers, that they, they just, they weren't prepared. And in defense of the teachers, they're probably following methodology that they learned from somebody who's mm. been in this forever. And so it doesn't seem like it's a bad idea to them. It's like, hey, look, I didn't have time to study, but this is the way I was taught. You just throw some questions out there and people run with it. The other aspect of it, like you're bringing up, is that oftentimes there are members who will feel more than free to give all kinds of opinions on a topic they haven't even cracked the pages on. Mm. And so what they're doing is rather than coming to learn, they're coming to teach. And that's why I said the teacher basically relinquishes his position. And there are people in the pews that will always be glad to teach. And what some members don't realize is that there are other members in that Sabbath school class. And you've had it happen and I've mm -hmm. had it happen where they come up to you afterwards and they're like, Pastor, I appreciated your comments. Or I wish so-and-so wouldn't talk so much because they don't, you know... They're not getting anything out of it. And that's not saying that there shouldn't be any discussion, but you all know what I'm talking about. There are sometimes people, they don't just give discussion, they take over the class from the pew mm. and oftentimes with something that either does not have anything to do with the lesson or it's contradictory to the lesson. Yes. And so it doesn't make for, this is not making for a healthy sound no. school class. No, and but as we were talking about earlier, you could have the appearance of a healthy Sabbath school class in that there's a lot of dialogue, there's a lot yes. of interaction, people even feel zealous about something they're saying, but to go back to the words of Ecclesiastes, that's the sacrifice of fools, right. because it's foolishness, it's not actually informed conversation. So, what we want to, you know, what we would recommend, what I believe that the church manual recommends, mm -hmm. the writings of Ellen White recommend, councils and Sabbath school to work, work and what have you. The word teacher recommends yes. is that <laughs> Sabbath school teachers should actually teach. Hmm. And I know that may sound like a novel idea. I want you to get people a minute to soak that one in. Now that doesn't teach. mean that there isn't discussion. Mm -hmm. But instead of having this open-ended free-for-all discussion, the teacher would have questions that he would pose to the class that actually have right and wrong answers. Mm -hmm. And if a wrong answer is given, the teacher will kindly and gently steer it into the right answer so mm -hmm. that people leave the class with some substance actually right. having or if learned it's something. a good answer but uh, for a different question it's like that's a really important point but back to our point they can actually guide it to those if you've done your preparation you have those talking points you have those ideas you're trying to craft right. and guide the discussion it's the teacher's role right and, and i want to say right off we've done a lot of training on this and there are a lot of churches and sabbath school teachers who are not thrilled with this idea of teaching class, like, oh, that's going to make it boring and dry, and I'm not going to do it that way, and we're not going to go down that road, and we're going to keep doing it the way we're doing. And I'm just saying that repeatedly, it's not making for greater attendance at Sabbath school. It's not building up Sabbath school. Say what somebody will, this happens all over the North American division, and it is not making our Sabbath schools more healthy. And we do this as a church all the time, and I don't get it. It's like, <laughs> 
I could tell stories when I came into the Seventh Avenue Church because I told I was out during my and I came in when I was 26 years old and there was this mindset at the time that what we need to do is we need to get away from singing hymns we need to have more contemporary music upbeat guitars drums right. this that and the other and 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 less formalism uh, um, which that part is okay right. but le- what I meant is. You know, don't have to dress up for church, jeans and Jesus, yeah. all this business, you know, even to the point of serving refreshments and coffee and donuts sure. and whatever else. And, and 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 I'm not saying serving any refreshments is wrong with it, but the point was we're going to do this. And this is going to bring the youth back right. into the church. And that's been 25 years ago, and it hasn't worked. Mm. And we, as a, a Seventh-day Adventist, like, when do we finally say, you know what, it just didn't work? No, I sit in committees to this day. We sit on the executive committee in the Michigan Conference in the Lake Union. And somebody bring up an idea and say, hey, we've got this great idea for reaching the youth. And lo and behold, what is it? We need to jazz up the music a little bit. I'm thinking, are we seriously going down? It's like, this is not new. But this is the kind of thing that, oh, well, this is going to be innovative in Sabbath school. And we're going to have all this open discussion. And then, and it's going to grow our Sabbath schools. It hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. And when are we going to say it hasn't worked? It's about time we try something else. Mercy. Well, and hopefully something biblical, right? If we can take counsel from the Bible yeah, and the absolutely. spirit of prophecy, the teachers should learn how to teach, they should repair lessons, members should be studying for themselves, and so everyone's contributing in, in, a, in a beautiful, healthy, happy way, and not in this reckless, what the yeah, Bible the would call foolish Yeah, the purpose for Sabbath isn't to come and affirm my own opinions. That's it's right. to learn something Amen. that will help me in my spiritual walk. Amen. So... There's a there's a great passage in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, that speaks about Jesus' teaching. And this should be a model for every Sabbath school teacher. Cameron, you want to read that? Uh, sure. Matthew 7, 28, 29? Absolutely. This is the end of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, it says here in verse 28, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Hmm. Fantastic statement. And Ellen White makes a comment on this. I don't have it right handy. It's in Desire of Ages, but she says to this effect, and I'll get most of the words right. Um, Are you looking it up? Let's see if I can do it in real time. Go ahead. (laughs) But she makes the point that Jesus spoke as one having authority and not as the scribes. And then she would, she says that the scribes and the Pharisees taught as though the scriptures could be taken to mean one thing mm. or exactly the opposite. Mm. But she says Jesus spoke as though the scriptures were of unquestionable authority. Mm. Um, oh, how, how does she say it? Something as though his words could not be controverted. Could not be controverted, I believe, is that. But the the point was, as she expounds on this, Jesus taught like there's a right and there's a wrong, and what I'm telling you is right. And if what you're believing isn't what I'm telling you, it's wrong. Like, authority. And as if his words couldn't be controverted or argued. Well, Mm -hmm. certainly they could be argued. Anybody can argue. But the point is... He spoke as though there is such thing as truth, and that's what I'm sharing with you. And to me, that is the role of the teacher. I shared last night that when I get ready for the lesson, prepare the lesson, I do a deep dive, and I've got I've to have it clear in my head. And I, and I want to explain what I mean by that. If I read a passage, and, it's, and, and even if I read it like a certain commentator or, you know, the lesson, the quarterly brings out such and such a point, but I don't see it then I can't teach it with conviction. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's, if it, okay, great, the, 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 the contributor says this in the quarterly, but I'm not seeing that from the text. I'm not saying it's not there. I have to study it to see it from the text before I teach it to others. And there's a difference, there's a qualitative difference in your teaching when even it's the exact same point. That's right. Could be word for word, but when you have it for yourself when you see it everything directly. in the quarterly yeah. might be exactly right it's not a strike on the, the quarterly, but it's still got to be my conviction but right. i have to see how he got that conclusion or she got that conclusion and so the point is that's the role of the teacher mm-hmm. is to make sure before you teach others you've taught yourself and you're clear and you're convinced enough that you can teach with authority well, listen to this paragraph that you were referring to okay so the, the yes. closing of this uh oh, sermon the on the number? mount this is page uh, 253 in desire of ages 
She writes, Jesus met the people on their own ground as one who is acquainted with their perplexities. He made truth beautiful by presenting it in the most direct and simple way. His language was pure, refined, and clear as a running stream. His voice was his music to those who had listened to the monotonous tones of the rabbis. It's an interesting, you imagine rabbis were droning on and on and on, but yes. Jesus had, was dynamic, he was living, right? But while his teaching was simple, he spoke as one having authority. This characteristic set his teaching in contrast with that of all others. The rabbis spoke with doubt and hesitancy, as if the scriptures might be interpreted to mean one thing or exactly the opposite. So one would be like, oh, it could be me. And everybody okay, needs, but let's yeah. hit the pause button there. It's not like, because we see that. I've seen that in so many places today where some, well, now, you know, you've got this view and you've got this view and you could be right. And some and say this, right. but I've heard that, you know. Now, I'm not, there are, there are things that are maybe not as clear in black and white. I'm mm. not going to say that there aren't. But there's much in scripture that is black and white. It's if it solid, wasn't, concrete base, there'd be yeah. so much uncertainty. In fact, it makes me think of a statement I want to share as you... Well, she continues talking about uncertainty. Go ahead. With those that. who would listen to those uh, scribes who spoke with doubt and hesitancy, it says here, the hearers were daily involved in greater uncertainty. So they would go to church, they would listen to the rabbis, and they would get more confused the more they would hear, right? But Jesus taught the scriptures as of unquestionable authority. He would just pick up the word and say it like it meant it, and that was it. Just straightforward. Whatever his subject, it was right. presented with the power. The Bible says it, and it really That's means right. what it says. It was presented with power as if his words could not be controverted. It's like there's right. no other way it could be read. You had another quote, and that, Yes, and that was very frustrating to the religious leaders. But that's what drew the people to Jesus. That's why the crowds mm. flocked to hear him. And that's that quality of teaching is what makes Sabbath school Interesting. That's right. And by the way, you know, I think about when we talk about Sabbath school, we talk about the lack of attendance and the lack of interest and lack of participation. But when Jesus spoke, he was taking the same scripture they'd had before, but he was That's teaching right. with one of the authority, and you couldn't take people away. There, there was no lack of attendance at a Jesus <laughs> presentation. I, I have to, yeah, and I have to say, you really don't have record in the scripture of Jesus saying, so I'm just here as a moderator, a facilitator. <laughs> what do you think about this? And what do you think about this? Yes. Not that he never asked a question, but he was a teacher, the greatest teacher the world has ever known. Amen. Now, I, I, a thought that came to my mind, this passage came to my mind along these lines. I have shared it before in Talking Points. It's become one of my favorites as it dawned on me what was really being communicated. And as I see what's happening in our world and in our church, Desire of Ages, page 671, it's talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. The whole chapter is uh, let not your heart be troubled. It's about the work of the Holy Spirit. It's one of my favorite chapters in Desire of Ages. But listen to what the pen of inspiration says. Talking about the Holy Spirit being called the Comforter. Now the yes. scripture calls him the Comforter. Uh, the Advocate or Comforter in the Greek Paracletos. The Comforter is called the Spirit of Truth. You know, when we talk about the Holy Spirit being a Comforter, what a lot of people, and I've heard the discussions, is like, he's a Comforter because he makes us feel at peace. He's a soothing ease. presence. Soothing, yeah. right. Listen to what she, how Ellen White describes how the Holy Spirit comforts. His work is to define and maintain the truth. He first dwells in the heart as the spirit of truth, and thus, mm -hmm. or in this way, he becomes the comforter. Then she explains, there is comfort and peace in the truth, but no real peace and comfort can be found, no real peace or comfort can be found in falsehood. Mm. Now the point that she's making there is, and we can resonate with this, when there's uncertainty, mm -hmm. and I don't want to get political here. So don't. So I won't. Good. But we've had the discussion about the news. <laughs> and Cameron had made a point that I have quoted now repeatedly. Well, I got it from Not someone to, else. I don't remember where I got it, so I don't want to think it, I'm that That this day and age, if you don't watch the news, you're uninformed. And if you do watch the news, you're misinformed. Right. In other words, how do you ever get you're informed? truly informed. And yeah. the idea is there's so many opinions and it it's unsettling. And to know something is true and concrete... Mm gives comfort. That's the point that's being made. And when Mercy. Jesus taught, he taught the truth. He taught with power and authority, and people said, that's something I can hold on to. Yes. That's what a Sabbath school teacher needs to do. Now, let's, let's transition here a little bit, because yes. we have we have been, if it might feel like to someone who's listening, this is a Sabbath school teacher, like, 
man, I need to study harder. I need to, less equivocation, less conversation. I need to be, oh, I'm doing it all wrong. And I don't, and you made the comment earlier on that before we throw the teacher too far under the bus, they probably come by their methods of teaching pretty honestly because oh, yeah. that's what we've done. Uh, it's in, in for instance, we talked about it the other night, and we're going to talk about it more tomorrow about you know how we do the the plenary program or the dreaded preliminary word, you know, or how the Sabbath school, how long it takes, all the different elements of Sabbath school. I doubt many churches teach people how to lead Sabbath school. I'm guessing there's a lot of like, I just watched this other person do it. I grew up hearing it this way. I've always seen right. it done. And they just kind of... No, 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 no. We don't. That's not assumption. Right. I've had people in my churches, and I'm sure right. you've had the same thing. It's like, they just asked me to do this. And I and, and I right. ask, well, how do I do it? And they're just like, figure it out. You know? Exactly. And, and for the audience listening tonight, I don't want you to get the impression. It's like, I guess these guys think I've just been doing it all wrong. When the reality is you've probably been doing exactly right for what you've been taught to do, right? And that was the basic, the the standard of expectation of quality and study and dynamic in the class has probably been skewed off or low for so long that people don't even have a right conception of what Sabbath quarter well, should be. we've made some broad blanket statements that right. obviously aren't hand in glove everywhere. Well, I wanted to bring up this statement. We've used it many times in training. This is from Christian Service, page uh, 59. She said, yes. many would be willing to work if they were taught how to begin. Right. And she goes specifically, they need to be instructed and encouraged. Every church should be a training school for Christian workers. Think about that phrase. Church should be school. We should come there to learn not just theoretical or doctrinal, but practical things too, how to do stuff. She lists them off. Its members should be taught how to give Bible readings. That's Bible studies. That's personal ministry, right? How to conduct and teach Sabbath school classes. How best to help the poor and to care for the sick how to work for the unconverted. And she goes on about we should have practical instruction under experienced teachers to train them and mold them. And so much of that is lacking in our church today. We just kind of get it by osmosis or pick it up over time or have no real stated expectations. And so no wonder, you know, everyone's kind of left, you know, floundering around with no clear direction because they haven't been taught how to begin. So one of the burdens that we have in this class... I'm sorry, I was just waiting for... I I hate to interject. I don't know why my mind does this. I I was waiting for one of those words like academician, which... By the way, did you Google it? It's a word. And I looked it up, and it was a word. So I just... High-scoring SAT word. I was waiting for another one tonight, and then this floundering, I I had... Flummoxed? Would that be better? I don't know. I don't know. All right, anyway... My point is, they feel all out of sorts. You know they don't why? Feel, here comes. Because I'm here not just to talk; I'm here to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I see the evidence of that, but okay, I, I'll, I'll trust your heart. That's good. No, but the point is that we should be more um, in every local church and every conference. Anyone who's in the Sabbath school work should have a burden for making sure the work is done well yes. and training others to do it well. And, and it shouldn't yes. be just a pick it up happenstance type of thing. It should be purposeful. So let you know we've talked. To, so far, we've just kind of railed on the idea of the all the not to do. Sabbath yeah, yeah, school. Yeah. So let's walk through what, and, and what should at happen. the same time, we've said, you know, there needs to be discussion in class. Um, in fact, I would be opposed to not having discussion in class, yes. except for perhaps a situation where, and I've seen it happen, I, where a teacher, something goes awry in the service, and I've seen teachers like they almost didn't have like we're meeting for 10 or 15 minutes. Then you're going to have limited discussion to make sure you get the points across and the class will understand. But typically, we, discussion is a part of Sabbath school class. Mm-hmm. So, um, you want to go ahead and... Sure. Well, I mean, I don't know where you're going to go next, but I was thinking about this point about the first thing we need to make sure of, as we've already reiterated, is yeah. that the main point is the Bible and not just the quarterly and this, right. the study guide that goes with that. Right. And one of, the, one of the points that I have in the notes here is that, and we touched on this, that the teacher needs to study the lesson ahead of time and and ideally not just friday night i know some people have difficult jobs and they've agreed to do sabbath school in their church and maybe maybe that's how you have to do it and so i'm not gonna fault somebody but don't just make preparation hey i watched talking points or pastor doug and now I know what to do for Sabbath school. You have got to get something where you own what you're presenting. Mm. And otherwise, you're going to have a hard time teaching it with any kind of effectiveness. So I just, part of teaching is preparation. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have time to prepare on a regular basis, I'm not talking about an exception. 
you know, there are always exceptions to the rule, but don't make the exception the rule. If you can't ever prepare, don't be a Sabbath school teacher. I just, mm. I don't know if that's a little harsh, but that's part of being a teacher. And so um, you want to study that lesson ahead of time. And we talked last night draw on how to draw ideas. out those key points. Now, one of the things we touched on, but we didn't get into as much, is this whole idea of probably the, the most common way of teaching Sabbath school anymore is using the quarterly format and saying, okay, this week's lesson, I'm just turning to a lesson, I think this is lesson one in this, no, lesson two, the crisis of leadership. Let's look at Sabbath afternoon and then let's go to Sunday. Okay, any more questions on Sunday? Thoughts on Sunday? Let's go to Monday. And that often, that flow is how a lot of people teach Sabbath school. So I want to explain a few things about why the quarterly is laid out that way. Okay. Okay, first of all, there is not an author to the adult Sabbath school quarterly. And we touched on this a little bit last There's night. There's a primary contributor. Or or contributors, plural. Oh, yeah, we, we had, had the Hazel Brothers recently who did it, and then a bunch of... The education quarter was all different college and university presidents were contributors. Somebody communicated to me that there was a major contributor who passed away, and then so they just oh, put my. multiple contributors. I don't know. But yeah, the point is, it... It, it isn't an author because when that contributor puts the lessons together, they go through an editing staff at the general conference in the Sabbath school department. Clifford Goldstein heads that up. Mm-hmm. So they've got to go through and edit the lessons. And um, we may talk a little bit more about some of that tomorrow in our post-game analysis. Okay, maybe. But the, um, the format of Sabbath afternoon, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday is for... It's, it's broken up for personal individual study during the week, <laughs> right. not for the teacher to teach it that way. Well, think about the contributor this time for the Isaiah Quarter, this is Roy Gain, okay? Yes. When he was given that assignment, and of course, these are this curriculum is laid out years in advance, so yes. there's like multiple years ahead of time, you know it's coming, so it's a whole long process involved, but when he got the original assignment and the topic or the Bible study was going to be on Isaiah, we'd like you to write this. Do you, Pastor Howard, think he thought in 13 seven-part chunks? We don't even have to ask the question. Of course not. You mentioned last night that in his own notes, he says, there are three main points I'm trying to get across in this lesson. So he didn't come up with seven. They said, good, can you put your three points into seven days? Exactly. And so the whole seven-day thing, and there's benefit to the seven-day thing. Sure. It's a good thing, especially if you don't have a good uh, daily devotional habit and you need this. It's a great template to follow. It's wonderful. But don't for a minute think like, boy, this this week's lesson has seven equally important, distinct points to it. That Monday is completely different than Tuesday, which is completely different than Wednesday. It's not like that. It was written with a single thread of thought running through it and then divided for the purpose of the formatting of the lesson. A for daily, the individual, study, a daily study, study of the lesson. So it's totally, totally fine. And it gets, to your point, whenever people get up and teach, oftentimes they'll say, they'll, they'll tackle Sabbath afternoon like it's its own thing. Next, yes. now that we're done that, go to Sunday. It's its own block. And then go to money. Like there's these just compartmentalized, distinct yes. ideas. When the reality, there's usually just a few thoughts woven together, and it's just happened to be broken up for the sake of the. Format. Now I have to say that I have sat in classes where the teacher has taught effectively. Yes. Saturday afternoon, Sunday, Monday, and goes through it. I'm not saying it's wrong to do that because we we rail on that a lot. So it's not wrong. Well, also some to do that. topics like a narrative might lend itself to seven steps. This or particular quarterly. Exactly. There's more Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like last Wednesday. quarter was on education, and it was more topical. Yeah. And oftentimes I would find something maybe on Thursday that was more important that it I would match with Sunday or something. Yeah. You know, but in this one, it typically is following the flow. Like we're going to Isaiah chapter six and seven yeah. and eight, it's and nine and ten it's and eleven, and yeah. forty-one and forty-two, and, and so yes, it lends itself more to that. So different quarterlies are going to going to be different. Mm-hmm. But the point is, the lesson was put together this way primarily for the devotional reading yes. of the student. Mm-hmm. And so what the, the the drawback, a couple drawbacks with trying to follow that format in teaching it is, first of all, it makes it very difficult to cover in the allotted Sabbath school time. Right. Okay, number one. 
Number two, and I found we're going to talk, we're definitely going to talk about this. This was a little learning moment, and we'll share more about it tomorrow in our, in our uh, post-game analysis. But the job of the teacher is not to exhaust all the information in yes. the lesson in Sabbath school. And mm-hmm. I've fallen into that trap where it's like, okay, well, I don't want anybody to miss the point. They won't miss the point if they studied the lesson. That's right. And so what oftentimes a teacher will do is a teacher will try to make sure everybody who didn't study the lesson gets the entirety of the lesson. You just can't do it. And if you try to do it, you're going to sabotage your class. It's going to be dry and boring because you try to cram everything in and model the people who did study the lesson are like, yeah, we've heard all, you're just going through the thing that we already studied, right? So the people who did study aren't getting as much out of it. And for those who didn't, they're just trying to cram it all into one sitting and it it, it doesn't really work. That's another thing that it's not fair to the people who studied to come in and just reiterate the lesson. And so I'm fine with referring to the lesson to it quarterly and bringing things. But you want to bring out something they didn't like. We've had uh, I don't I shouldn't even go there. We've had workers meetings where we've had seminary professors come and and so we've had some really good lecturers and then we've had others and perhaps you have teachers that do the same and they'll put in front of you their little not even a syllabus it's an article mm-hmm. and they'll read the article for you and I'm thinking I can read. It's like I those Zoom meetings that, like, this I, could have been an email. That's exactly. <laughs> so you're not going to have the same interest level in Sabbath school if you're just coming to Sabbath school and reiterating the lesson. So a lot of people, that's where a lot of people will say, well, we'll liven it up by getting a lot of different opinions. Right. But it would be much better to liven it up by bringing out things from your own study of Scripture that the Holy Spirit led you in and then lead some discussion on that point. So yeah. don't be bound by the seven-day format. That's kind of the point I want to make there. Mm -hmm. Understand how the quarterly is written. Encourage your folks to study the lesson, but even if they don't, you did. Teach like you did, and don't feel like you're bound by this this, um, Sunday, Sabbath afternoon, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You'll probably um, Mm -hmm. sabotage your own Sabbath school class by doing it. You're not going to get through the lesson in most cases. Yeah, I I was thinking ahead to another quote that I I was just struck in my mind, but I don't have it right on hand. So let's continue this, but I'm going to not lose that thought real quick. Okay, now we talked about drawing your ideas from the Bible. What you'll find us doing in uh, talking points often is, like when I go through the lesson in the quarterly, as I mentioned yesterday in my own preparations, the last thing I do, I like to study the scripture passages and different commentaries, etc., when I do go through do go through the lesson of the quarterly, there are certain things that the, the contributor says, I think, oh, this is a great point. And so I'll mark it as this is one I want to refer to in class. I don't want to read the quarterly to the to this class. I so I I want to bring out things that maybe aren't in the quarterly lesson, but there are things in the quarterly lesson that are great. Hey, this is a great quote. And so I'll mark those down. And so when teaching the class, Part of what we talked about in preparation yesterday is coming up, drawing out three main points that you want to get across in the class, and then refer to reference specific points from the quarterly that fit with those points that you're making. But the the, the point that I'm making in saying all this is don't get up front and read the quarterly to the people. Mm. That's not teaching. and it's again, it's not going to make for an interesting Sabbath school class in most cases. Maybe somebody can pull that off, but generally, not so well. No, not so much. And let's move a little bit into the application part because one of the things that's, yes. that it can be um, a, 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 it can, something that can make a Sabbath school class seem dry, even if it's good material that's been covered, even if it's been stated clearly is if it lives in the realm of the theoretical, or if it lives in the realm of the doctrinal, it's so ethereal, so esoteric that it's not tangible. Well, you and I are old enough to, I've brought this up before, when I was younger, there was a uh, late night show by a guy named Arsenio Hall, and one of his, one of his um, segments each night was one, was called Things That Make You Go, Hmm. Hmm. You remember that? I do remember that. I was very, very young. Things that make you go, hmm. Those kind of things that they really don't 
challenge me. Mm-hmm. They're the more just this trivial. trivial little, hmm. And a lot of our Sabbath schools and dare I say even sermons are things that make you go, oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Just give me something that makes me go, hmm, when well, I leave. It doesn't have, have anything to do with ha- me. Exactly. Have you noticed that, and, and we're talking about teaching tonight specifically, but as you just touched on, preaching is the same way. There is less, and maybe maybe this is my perspective, maybe I'm completely wrong about this. Uh, I don't like the thought of that, but we'll if, the first time. if it, it certainly <laughs> comes across to me that we hear fewer and fewer appeals yeah. at the end of sermons and practical applications and and real life tangible practical reform. Yeah, what are you going to do about it? Yeah, exactly. Kind of a lot of what, but not much so what. You know, what do I do with this thing? And Sabbath school classes tend to be like the goal is to cover the material. And so we made it and, and like for instance, you got the timing right, you got your three talking points, you got your summary on Friday mm. and the, then the bell rings, bzz, you know, bells don't go bzz, they go bing. Ding. Anyway, it happens and you're like, "Woohoo!" We covered the material. It was dynamic and engaging. I wasn't too much of a facilitator, but I wasn't a lecturer. It was really, even that, sorry friends, is still not the ultimate objective, right? The ultimate objective is not just to have a knowledge of the truth, but a transformation into the likeness of Jesus. There needs to be a, a, a challenge laid out. There needs to be some sort of concrete, tangible, put it into action. In fact, Mrs. White repeatedly goes through this theme. If you read the book, Councils on Sabbath School Work, which I would recommend you read the book, Councils on Sabbath School Work. Uh, but she talks about how the the object of Sabbath, this is actually page uh, uh, 61. The object of Sabbath School Work should be the ingathering of souls. That's, That's right. the whole purpose. And she goes on to say, there should be much personal work done in the Sabbath School. The necessity of this kind of work is not recognized and appreciated as it should be. Now, we might think that, oh, personal work is for maybe the elder to go do a visit or, or the pastor whenever there's a problem. But the Sabbath school teacher, my job is to convey information and have a dynamic discussion. When the reality is, as a Sabbath school teacher, your job is to win souls. Amen. You know, In fact, as a member of the church, your job is to win souls. <laughs> as an elder, as a deacon, as a, anything that you are in the local church, if you're connected with Jesus Christ, you have a mandate to be a missionary for him. And especially the Sabbath school. She writes, there should be much mm. more personal work done in the Sabbath school. The necessity of this kind of work is not recognized and appreciated as it should be. She continues, from a heart filled with gratitude for the love of God, which has been imparted to the soul, the teacher should labor tenderly and earnestly for the conversion of of his scholars. Notice that it's not just the informing, but by God's grace, the transforming of the students. That's the goal. So the teacher shouldn't look and say, covering the information or clearly articulating in a succinct, stirring manner, the material at hand. Even that would fail of the ultimate objective, which is to transform lives and save souls. Well, you know, that gets back to, I think, what a lot, that's a catalyst to some of these wrong methods is that because our Sabbath schools, like in, in the Sabbath school you're talking about, that's where you invite your non-Adventist friends Absolutely. to come and they're learning yes. the truths of the Bible and being challenged to transform their lives. But when you don't have any new people and it's mm. the same old people, that's when it's like, we've all heard this before. Why don't we just get all come and give our opinions? Right. And so it gives it almost perpetuates. Exactly. So you think about whole, the scenario you just said, there's no new people coming. The, nothing has really changed in decades. The goal is now just conveyance of information. And new people are hungry for, you know, when you've done an evangelistic series and you bring new people into the church and they start coming to Sabbath school, they're the ones that are like, man, I wish there wasn't so much discussion because I really wanted to hear what you had to teach. Well, especially think about the new people. And I've had that happen many times. If they've come through either a personal Bible study series or a public evangelistic campaign, they've been weaned onto the faith by that pure milk of the word, right? right. They're, they're hungry for the truth, the comfort that comes from a knowledge of the truth and the application of life. And so they're looking for, they're, they're, their pump is primed to receive truth from God's word. Then they'll go to a Sabbath school class, and though it claims to be a Bible study, there isn't that much Bible or study. There's a lot of conversation, mm-hmm. a lot of this and that. And no wonder they, they might feel restless or frustrated. It's not because they were they're not spiritual enough to really catch on to what's going on, or they're not mature in the faith. That they, No, it's because they've tasted something better, and they're hungry for more, right? And so we have an obligation for ourselves 
to be always feeding on the Word of God, but especially for those who are coming to the Sabbath school class. And uh, we're going to get into this a little bit more tomorrow, but the, one of the beauties of the Sabbath school class, you touched on this just now, is that you can have people come to the Sabbath school class who are not members of your church. That's right. Did you realize you can be a member of the Sabbath school without being a member of the church? <laughs> Oftentimes, in fact, that's when we talked the other night about how churches would have larger attendance in the mornings and some parts of the world field it still have that. It used to be that church planting, we, talk a lot, we hear a lot about church planting. Church planting used to be that you would start something called a branch Sabbath that's school. Right in an area which was a small group study mm -hmm. that would develop into a church. Exactly. And and the, the interest, because right now in our church, there's this conversation about how much do they need to know and how much they need to reform before they can get baptized and become a mm -hmm. member. So basically there's a binary. Either you're not in the church at all or you're a full-fledged member. You can serve on the nominating committee. You can hold office. On, and the reality is there's this beautiful transitional you know, uh, uh, process where people can be studying the Word of God, learning it, asking their questions, you know, developing those habits, right. and be a member in fellowship of the Sabbath school without being a member of the church proper. And it's it's we've lost that view. In fact, now we think of Sabbath school as the ultimate members club, when the reality is it's supposed to be a vehicle for reaching new people and weaving them into the faith. So we need to keep an eye on those dear souls. Well, we have a few minutes left, and I don't want to miss this part. Okay. So we've talked a little bit about the importance of having discussion, not having no discussion, not having the sermon before the sermon, a monologue class right. where you do this teacher does all the talking. You want to engage the class, but you don't want open-ended questions that, hit, that one of the challenges is some teachers try to engage the class, but they really don't know how to do it effectively. And they'll ask uh, open-ended questions that kind of get away from them and they mm -hmm. don't know how to rein it back yeah. in. And I've mentioned those individuals, and you almost always have people who will come to a class who, if you let them, will take over the class. And a lot of teachers are like, how do I control that? And um, I wish there was an easy way. And what I mean by that is you can't ever control that without some level of being assertive. And some people just don't like being assertive. That's why I've had... Uh, some teachers will get up and, and play the facilitator card. It's like, I'm not a teacher, I'm a facilitator because they feel like it's more self-effacing. It's like, I don't want to call myself a teacher. That means... I'm like, arrogating I'm, myself yeah, to a place and I know and everything. Yeah. No, it doesn't mean... It means you took a responsibility in a certain area and you've studied the lesson for the purpose of, you know... Yeah, it's your job. So there's this mindset that to call myself a teacher is to put myself up here. No, it's not. And that teacher has to be willing in a nice way, but when when things get off topic, you just have to be able to say, well, you know, I appreciate your comments, but we need to get back to the lesson and just, you're going to have to keep it there. And what's going to happen is, I've, I've seen this happen a number of times. If if you've never done that and it's the first time you do it and you have that kind of person in your class is always taking over, it might take two or three times. And then what they're likely going to do is find another class in the church where they can take over. Mm. They're not going to come to your, if you set the tone kindly but firmly and say I'm sorry we really need to get through this um, that will kind of give the you know the uh, the direction and, and you mentioned that earlier but that's why the Sabbath school council exists and chooses teachers the way that's they do exactly with the board right. of groups because they saw in you the capacity to lead an effective Sabbath school class and if you are too afraid to be Again, I'm not going to say offensive. You should never be offensive, but to be assertive, to be clear, to guide the class, then you're actually derelict in your duty. You're abdicating the responsibility that was given to you. So don't be afraid of that. That's your job. There's another element of this. I think it would be helpful for, for some teachers, even more than others, if they have a hard time controlling the class, to establish a system of asking for volunteers by name instead of would somebody like to does anybody have mm -hmm. and opening up like that because another thing that happens is there are people in every sabbath school class and i would be one of them who would feel free to talk and give response but there are other people who may want to get engaged in the class but they're nervous and if there's very forward and outspoken people, they'll never speak. Mm. And so as a teacher, you want you don't want the same two people doing everything. And so you can ask my name, you know, Joe, what are your thoughts this week? Can you, and also that's easier in a smaller class. Like for example, one of the things we mentioned last night, I want to reiterate tonight is when I'm preparing the lesson, I want in my notes, 
I will write out certain questions that I'm going to ask the class that have clear answers mm -hmm. that I that I can things that I can steer a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, tomorrow when we do the class, this is one of our frustrations in going places to teach and train is you can't do that for a big class. You just can't do it for a big class effectively. We go to camp meeting. Oh, great! We got all. The, we can do the training and we do the Sabbath school program at our camp meeting with yeah. several thousand people in the auditorium. Exactly. You can't do it that way. That's the beauty of a smaller Sabbath school class. And so I would aim at keeping the Sabbath school classes yes. small. And if it gets too big, break them up into smaller classes again. It gives you more opportunity to ask those questions and not have to lose your time to cover. Mm -hmm. uh, everything in the class and to keep things on track instead of things getting off the rails in class. Yeah. So, you know, just keeping the class to a smaller size. The teacher needs to learn to be kindly assertive, you know, with that focus that I'm going to get through the material that I have prepared to go through today. Mm -hmm. That's going to be a priority of the teacher. And I want interaction, what have you, but perhaps appointing that interaction by asking specific people what, you know, and you may open it up, you know, some people can mm -hmm. ask, you know, open the class and say, what do you think about this? And still keep it on exactly. track. There's a group dynamic so you could be able to, to feel maybe out. If you exactly. have a hard time with that, that's an option. Exactly. And I'd still so try much. back to the ultimate objective of the, the reason we want to keep it on track. The reason we want to be clear is because we want to, yes, convey the information, but also to, as a soul winner, to see that information land not just in yes. the mind but in the heart and 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 start to you know by the power of the holy spirit witness conversion firsthand yes you know there's that With incredible statement. statement yeah you want to read that one or you want me to i'd read love that? to read that go ahead uh councils on sabbath school work uh ellen white says on page 10 the sabbath school is an important branch of the missionary work coming back to mm -hmm. that again not only because it gives to young and old a knowledge of god's word mm -hmm. so it should be doing that mm -hmm. <laughs> and because i'm sorry but, but because it awakens in them a love for its sacred truths and a desire to study for themselves Mm -hmm. What if our Sabbath schools were creating in our members a love for the Word and a desire to study mm -hmm. more of it? Now, we're not done. And a desire to study for themselves. Above all, it teaches them to regulate their lives by its holy teachings. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about. That practical, at the end of it all, why did we come here to learn today? I want to learn things that I can practice in my life that will help me be more faithful to God and walk closer with Him. Amen. That's and, what we want for our Sabbath school. And I look at this statement and notice there's like a, a hierarchy of things. They're all good things, right? Yes. You should give to all, all a knowledge of God's Word. And a lot of times I think we would feel successful if we accomplished that. Woo! Victory, right? Right. But, more than that, it awakens in the love for its sacred truth. So not only do you know it, but you love it. Furthermore, a desire to study it more for yourself. Not only do I love what I've just learned, but I want more of that, and I'm going to get it from myself. Right. And then finally, I want to be like that in my own life and that transformation. Absolutely. So that's the personal work that the Sabbath School's teacher should aspire to, that the Sabbath School program should aim for as an entire objective. Yes, to be intensely interesting, and we're going to get into how we can talk about mission more and the beautiful format of Sabbath School and the, and the importance of Bible study. But the ultimate objective is, as Sister White said, the in-gathering of souls, that personal work, the conversion, so that by God's grace, every one of us can be a little bit more like Jesus. So uh, I think we've covered everything for this evening. That's right. Unless you had something else to add. I was just going to say, we've been talking about restoration. Oh, that's right, I yes. I telling you, you need to be thinking about where you're going to hear more about that tomorrow morning, because I know you're coming to Sabbath school in light of what Amen. we just went over, Amen. right? Amen, of course. 9 a.m. 9 a.m. sharp. we start. That's, That's right. right. Which 901 is late. Exactly. And, uh, and, and restoration and the the outreach for restoration again begins. February 15. February 15 and 10, all hands on deck. Exactly. What a Ooh. blessing this can be to you and you can be to others. Again, we'll be sharing more about that uh, tomorrow, throughout the day, actually. And so just want to put that, keep that on your radar screen, mark it on your calendar. Amen. And uh, we look forward to seeing you at Sabbath School. All right. Well, let's close tonight with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be part of this great Advent movement. And Lord, help it to be a, truly a dynamic, living 
movement for you, the one that you've raised up in these last days with a particular message to give to the world. And Lord, help us never to become comfortable to the point that we just go through rote ceremonies and just kind of phone it in for Sabbath school. But Lord, help us to have that living connection with you individually through a study of your word. And then as we come together on the Sabbath day to discuss and, and deepen our understanding, Lord, send your Holy Spirit to bless every local Sabbath school teacher, every local member, every class that meets. Because we've been promised we're two or three together. You're there with us in the midst. Amen. And that's what we want, Lord. We want to see Jesus in the word and we want to become like him through its life-changing power. So Lord, please bless everyone who has part in this work until we see you come again. We pray it in Jesus' name.